Hello and welcome to episode 813 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, May 26th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I am joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning. Good morning, sunshine. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Hoping that we're going to get a little bit more news about if and when baseball is going to start here pretty quick. Yeah, that's uh, that's the idea here is that uh, we're going to get another proposal, kind of our weekly check-in on, on what's going on. Looking at a proposal maybe coming out or, or details on one and how the uh, how the players respond to it uh, today, today being Tuesday. And um, hopefully we get some movement on that. Obviously, it's been at a little bit of a standstill uh, due to the finances. I think that's obviously going to be the primary focus for things. But, um, yeah, supposed to get some news this week. As As we enter late May now, are you still targeting that early July as the uh, as the best bet? Yeah, I think we're gonna see baseball uh, start probably July fourth ish. Okay, uh, and I think we're gonna get half a season's worth of games. It's it's really interesting because I joined a um, uh, a three sport dynasty league because I was bored. And so we drafted during March and April. Uh, actually, got to write it up for the site. Uh, I think that'll probably be my next article. But uh, it uh, the caveat in the league was if there were eighty one games, we would play. It's a dynasty league, so uh, we would play out baseball for this year. If there's less or, or less than eighty one games, we won't play it out, and it'll transfer next year. So this whole like eighty two game schedule. Is, oh wow! Uh, <laughs> so it hinges on on where it's at. Yeah. So for some reason they decide, <laughs> oh, we're gonna play eighty games. I'm screwed because I invested a lot in baseball for this yeah, year. You went hard. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's a an amazing baseball team and a really atrocious basketball team, <laughs> um, and a, a decent football team. So uh, it 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 means a lot to me that we get eighty two games as opposed to eighty games. I hear you. Yeah, so you're looking to get this locked down. Speaking of uh, articles that you've written about leagues, today your piece went up about the uh, player, one player from every team draft, mm-hmm. and I know that that was uh, intriguing some folks when you when you, we talked about that on the show. It, it's just as it sounds. Everybody needs one player from every team, and so it does change the dynamics of the draft. And so you wrote that up. People can go ahead and take a look at that. I encourage them to do so because. There were some really interesting draft dynamics mm-hmm. in that league, weren't there? Yeah, it was really interesting, and I, I kind of made the decision early on. While obviously I would factor, you know, the 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 fact that we had to take a player from every team into my draft strategy, I wasn't going to reach like make huge reaches on players just so I got an Oriole uh, earlier yeah. than other people. Um, and I think my team came out fairly well. I definitely would like another crack at it. And you and I were kind of talking before that uh, maybe I will do this again, but make it an actual league as opposed to a mock. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll make a draft and hold and something like that where you have to, you know, you have to draft your first 30 players have to be from different teams. But after that, you can draft whoever you want. Uh, and then uh, and then you but you would have to roster at least 23 different teams on your weekly roster each week. So. Um, I, I think it would be a fun way of like trying it out and seeing how it actually works in real life. And I think in an 82 game year, uh, why not try some fun different things? Yeah, and there were, I feel like a you know decent number of tweets that were asking you about it after we discussed mm-hmm. it on the show. Like, hey, what's up with that? How was it run? It was just run by hand by Tim mm-hmm. McLeod and company. You guys did it. It wasn't a particular website that did it. Um, I know you have a pretty good relationship with an outlet. Maybe you could talk with them behind the scenes and say, hey, what could you do for this to to make our lives easier and just see what's up? You know, Mm -hmm. no promises. We're just uh, we're just saying. So stay tuned. Uh, Justin might be firing up another iteration of that, particularly if you can get the uh, logistics helped by by an outlet because it's a mm-hmm. lot to it's a lot to work with yeah but it's a great concept i love it if you're interested in playing you know won't make it super expensive or anything maybe just you know 20 bucks or or something like that uh or you know 
50 bucks depending on what people want to do um but just hit me up on twitter at justin mason fwfb or over on facebook uh and I'll, i'll put together a list of people who might be interested uh in doing that and then of course you should always follow paul at spore Exactly. I don't feel, well. feel like we pro, we uh, promote our Twitter handles. Though, with the probably pictures don't. I posted this weekend, I probably shouldn't. No, you absolutely should. If you guys aren't on Twitter looking at what, what the kind of content Justin's putting out there, I mean, you're just missing out. That was, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. If you haven't seen it, you have to go look at it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to talk about it otherwise. You, ha- you have to go over there for yourself um, because it was great. All right. Let's uh, let's dive in a little bit on some baseball here. We talked about a potential new proposal coming out. One of the factors that seems damn near set in stone at this point, it might even actually be fully set, but it, it, everything I've I've read suggests that like this is the one thing that they're not really having any trouble any trouble hammering out. It's the universal DH. Mm-hmm. Now. A lot of folks have talked about, I wrote an article about who benefits from that, you know, identifying some guys. Um, I tried to identify like new players who would pop up. There are also people who are already, already have jobs whose lives may become a bit easier um, by getting off the field and stuff. I was trying to look for the new guys who would get the gigs. There's also some guys who would be hurt by uh, some NL pitchers who might be hurt by the universal DH. Let's talk about them. And talk about uh, why exactly they might they might be hurt by this. You made a list for us, so why don't you uh, why don't you start guiding us through this? Yeah, I just you know obviously they're going to be players that are helped by the DH. Uh, you, you know, players in the Reds that there's another spot in the lineup for them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, players on uh, you know a guy like JD Davis may not have to sit as much if they can just throw him the DH and his defense doesn't hurt. And uh, yeah, the and they don't have to play his defense mm-hmm. as much. So I, I, but there's also guys who are obviously going to be hurt by the DH, and that's because pitchers aren't going to be able to face the pitcher slot. Um, now, at, on the flip side of that, I think there are players that will get little bumps here and there as well for being National League pitchers, uh, just because they won't be replaced as often. So maybe those, you know, those guys that were on teams with managers with a quick hook, uh, with, you know, maybe those those deeper bullpen guys, they're mm-hmm. not pulled as much. But, I mean, I think you have to downgrade just about every pitcher in the National League with well, the age coming. Yeah, there is that inherent gain of strikeouts Yeah, that, that, that we always look at of like, well, that's, for say nothing else of of going AL to NL, that's one guarantee that they're going to get is that they're going to get more strikeouts because they're going to get to face the pitcher one probably two times per game, and you know we see it. Um, we certainly see that benefit there. That it's eight point five to eight point seven in the K per nine. Point two globally isn't a lot, but when you really start to break it down, it can be a huge difference. A guy going from AL to NL. Uh, you're like, whoa, that could be another 40, 50 strikeouts. So let's talk about some of the guys who may be uh, losing that benefit a little bit and how it might affect them. Now, there's some elites on here who, as you mentioned, could counteract it a bit by going deeper into games, but they're going to be facing a DH instead of a a pitcher, and that's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Who's who's tops on the list? I mean, I think you have to... If you were debating between Jacob DeGrom and Garrett Cole as your number one or two pitcher, and I think some people had Walker Buehler up there uh, as well, I think this kind of solidifies Garrett Cole over Jacob DeGrom. Uh, Mm -hmm. One, you've got obviously the DH in the National League now, um, but while Cole, I think, gets hurt a little bit more uh, having to pitch against the AL East and the NL East, I mean, so does Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom now has to face that Yankees lineup. They've got to face Boston's lineup, which is still pretty decent. Toronto's lineup is looking better and better. Uh, yeah, they're in the they're in the Super East. Don't mm-hmm. forget, right? That that's the that's the idea that's kind of winning right now, right? Is three mega divisions. Yeah, and I think that's what it seems like they're going with. I mean, I don't know that it makes that much more sense than just playing a regular schedule. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand they want to like protect people, but uh, or protect the teams, and I, I, I just don't know that. Like, be just because you stay on one side of the country, does that mean you're more protected? Like, I, I don't get that. That just, maybe the spread is confined. I get. I don't know. It, it, if if somebody is spreading, I guess it's confined. Is the idea? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. Like, if you're traveling, whether you're traveling in a tight area or a wide area, like it's it's not good either way, right? It like, made it made more sense when they were going to do like the Florida, Texas, Arizona plan. Yeah, the three pods that yeah. were going to be state confined. But now I, I just don't understand how that really protects players. That being said, uh, you know, Degrom and Cole. Uh, are obviously, you know, they take a hit by pitching in what's going to be that gigantic, uh, you know, Uber conference uh, of of the East. Yeah, the um, mega East. And so I actually almost wonder if we start talking about Walker Bueller being the number one pitcher. Ah, over over Cole and DeGrom. Yeah, I mean... I mean, for I mean, if if Verlander, if I felt Verlander was healthy, I think you could add him to the uh, to the equation there as well. You don't think he's healthy with the time off? I just don't it wasn't know. Going to be a long term injury. But there was a number of injuries. It wasn't just like one thing. It started off as a groin, and then it was like a back, and then like like I he's he's super old. Love Verlander. I just You're don't sure. know. I'm gonna if I'm gonna take that risk. If a player is older than me in Major League Baseball, he's he's old. <laughs> like it used to be, like uh, you know, when I was playing, I was like, oh wow, like I'm the same age as these players. That's weird. And now it's like most of the players are like, you know, a decade or or ten so. years younger, yeah, <laughs> ten years younger. And now, so now it's like, oh, this guy's older than me. He's super old. Yeah, he, he's basically dying. Um, got a list here. Got, got a little uh, uh, query pulled up here from Baseball Reference. Jacob DeGrom is tied for the second most strikeouts against pitchers last year with 35. Yeah. And, and that's the, the leader is on this list. Pardon me? And, th- and that's going to hurt. And the leader's yeah. on this list. Yeah, well, I know, I know who the leader is. That's why he's okay. on this list. Yeah, so. I figured. Mm-hmm. I figured why because it's a, big, it's a bigger portion of his strikeout total. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to suggest that in a comparable number of, of, uh, let's see. So he was 33, or excuse me, the 35 strikeouts came, um, in 55 plate appearances, a 64% strikeout rate, 55 plate appearances against DHs. What do you think his strikeout rate, DeGrom's strikeout rate would be? Wait, wait, say, start that over. Say, so say. against pitchers, mm-hmm. those thir- those 33 strikeouts, ca- 35, excuse me, came in 55 plate appearances, good for a 64% strikeout rate for DeGrom. If he got a comparable 55 plate appearances, and obviously he won it because it was not a full season, but what do you think the strikeout rate would be uh, in 55 plate appearances against DHs? Back down to, like, his normal 30% mark? Yeah, probably. I like. I still think he's elite. Sure, exactly. This like, is not to say he's not. He's he's still a first round pick, especially that, because that cuts those K's in half. Yeah, like that's that that. I mean, you're gonna definitely miss some of those strikeouts, and not to mention we're also like we're we mostly kind of focus on strikeouts, but this is gonna hit National League pitchers ERA and WHIP as well. Exactly, because we're just ta- we're just talking about the strikeouts. He didn't allow a single run. Uh, Degrom didn't allow a single run to pitchers. Oh, pardon me, he allowed two runs, but they were unearned. Whatever, didn't hurt the ERA though, and it was a point forty four WHIP um, in in the amount of time. So all that's going to go up, and and that that's going to be something that even if they do well against the H's, they're going it's not going to be as good as they they did against pitchers. So that's that's a hit. And when we're talking about DeGrom getting hit here, you, you mentioned it there before I, I jumped in. I apologize. He's still a first-rounder, just a later first-rounder, right? I mean, it kind of depends on what, in terms of, like, overall value, yes. I think he is, he, he should be bumped down the first round a little bit. That being said, 
I mean, if every National League pitcher is going to need to be bumped down, that also means the overall value you're going to get from starting pitchers is going to, you know, go downhill as you go through a draft. So it may make more sense to say, you know, uh, maybe I've got, uh, maybe I've got Cole as my number four player. DeGrom may still be five for me just because I'd rather get him and not have to worry about some of these other guys later on because, I mean, you know, and we'll just transition right into the next guy. Like, Luis Castillo was a guy I was really high on and have a lot of shares on already, and he's really hurt by this. Okay, so dive into uh, why this stings Castillo um, a good bit as well. I mean... Castillo really benefits from obviously getting to face the 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 DH, but then the or sorry, getting to uh, face the pitcher and not even face the DH. Like I could see his strikeouts drop back down towards like what we saw in 2018, which is gonna hurt. You know, if he's got like a 23% strikeout rate, and you just can't take him where he's going. Not to mention. You know, originally it was like, oh, well, you know, if they're playing in neutral locations, like Luis Castillo, you know, doesn't have to pitch in Great America Ballpark. Mm-hmm. Well, now he's going to be going back to Great America Ballpark, doesn't get to face the pitcher. I think it's going to hurt him. And I just don't know that you can take him where he's been going, which is, you know, pretty much or just outside the top 10 in terms of starting pitchers. So basically, a. a... An initial sweep, if you're talking about doing your your rankings here, as we lean, uh, as we get closer and closer to a potential restart, um, if you want to start doing your work, the first thing I think you'd have to do is um, go look at where your tiebreakers were mm-hmm. between an AL and NL, and if you push that NL guy a spot or two higher, but you thought, you know. Uh, obviously this example doesn't work anymore, but it's a name I'm looking at because I haven't moved him down on this list yet or off this list, I should say. But say I thought Syndergaard and Giolito were neck and neck. Uh, if Syndergaard were healthy, of course. Uh, um, Giolito maybe jumps up a spot. Um, particularly if you had a two, three spot difference due to the NL only. And I know that DeGrom's NL uh, pitching was was part of the, the case to have him as the number one overall pitcher, and it made sense. But now he and Cole are essentially in the same division. So I think going through and seeing where did you have ties and, and closeness between AL and NL, where NL was the deciding factor because of the pitcher, you need to bring those those guys back down and, and make those necessary adjustments. It's probably only a ranking spot or two. Mm-hmm. It's 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 nothing insane, but it matters, and it's it's the small edges that uh, is going to determine, particularly in something like a like an 82-game season, those tiny edges can be the difference. We, ha- we have to, I mean, more so than even over a, a full six months. We need to turn over everything. We need to try to get whatever little edge we can, and this could definitely be one of them. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think the if we are playing in these super conference or super divisions, uh, that are determined by location. I mean, Castillo definitely gets helped by getting to play against the AL Central. Mm-hmm. So maybe that helps oh, counter- that's a counterbalance. Yeah, yeah, maybe it counterbalances a little bit. Getting to play the Tigers, getting to play the Royals. You know, two lineups uh, that aren't very you know good. Uh, the Twins are still going to be a really really good offense, and you know, Indians should Indians and White Sox should be decent. But, like, I'm not as worried about a guy, I guess, like, as Castillo, um, as maybe I would be in, like, an AL East pitcher. Mm-hmm. So, like... No, I, I get that. You know, I mean, you know, take... You know, maybe I'm I'm, I'm going to bump down Castillo for sure, but I'm going to bump down Zach Wheeler a whole lot more. Yeah. That's, that's already somebody that I was... I've always liked, but I've, I've I've been trying to temper myself. Like, mm-hmm. are you overrating him again? Don't don't get too hung up. And the NL aspect definitely put him over some of my faves, like uh, like Kenta Maeda. Um, actually, he's around a lot of NL guys right now. I think like a, a really good example of this is like Aaron Nola for me. Like Aaron Nola was this guy that I felt like he was getting downgraded too much 
because of last year. Uh, and he was, you know, a little bit of a bargain going, you know, almost outside or, you know, just inside the top 20 starting pitchers. Uh, and now it's like, okay, no, now I think he's probably appropriately ranked having to pitch against the AL East, losing the uh, the pitcher uh, or getting to go against the pitcher. I think now he, now he's no longer a bargain and, and really maybe a guy I avoid in these drafts, especially now that I have shares in other leagues. Yep. I can definitely see that with regards to Aaron Nola. Um, so, yeah, those, those are the kind of changes that, that you need to consider. Let's move on to Chris Paddock and talk about uh, where, where this gets him a bit. Obviously, the main framework is, you know, moving AL mm-hmm. uh, or moving um, pitcher to DH. Are there any other factors that, uh, that might cause Paddock to be hurt a bit more here? I think he obviously, I mean, every pitcher like we're going to talk about is hurt, you know, somewhat by the the DH uh, in the National League. But uh, he's one of the, the guys who were pitching in the AL West and NL West. I kind of like it because there's so many bottom feeder teams. Yes. Uh, like, I mean. There, there's pros up at the top. Mm-hmm. But, well, he, and he, you know, he already had the Dodgers. Uh, yeah, the, the. A's and Astros are good, yes. But it's almost worth getting uh, getting the negative teams there. So is he almost counter? Is Chris Paddock someone who's the mega division might counter what he loses um, facing pitcher versus? Sorry, reset. Is, is maybe the pitcher versus DH balance uh, or, or hit counterbalanced by? adding the mega West for Chris Paddock. I think it is. I think he's not a guy. I think he's a guy who, who technically loses a little bit of value, obviously not getting to go against the pitcher, but he loses less value than maybe other guys. So like Luis Castillo, who is above him should drop below him. You Darvish, who was, you know, kind of right below him, you know, should drop more, uh, than, than Paddock will. And so, you know, Aaron Nola, another one of those guys who's kind of right below him, should lose more value. So I think Paddock actually uh, moves up in that grouping because I mean, if you look, uh, I sorted the NFBC ADP by uh, pretty much since April first, um, and Paddock is the fifteenth pitcher, starting pitcher off the board, and he's right behind Snell and Giolito. And so, like, I think I push all three of those guys up. To like 11, 12, 13, mm-hmm. as opposed to, and then just push Corbin and Castillo down uh, behind them, uh, which is a bummer because I have lots of shares of yeah. Corbin and fucking Castillo. I like both of them. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of these guys, and that's kind of the bummer. And the hard part is like, it's, you know, we're still, at least, I mean, I know there are people out there that have, like, run projections, you know, every time MLB releases news, they're like, oh, I'm, you know, here's my new ranks, here are my new projections, mm-hmm. and it's like, and I just kind of said, you know what, I'm going to wait till there's an actual deal, and then exactly. I'm going to figure it all out, you know, figure, you know, redo my ranks, you know, if re- like, update you know, my projections, yeah. I don't blame, if they if it's a few button pushes, and then they got it, more power to them. Sure. Um. For me, it's 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 more of a, a full process to to do re-ranks. That's why I've waited as well to make any uh, major moves until I really know what's what. But yeah, don't forget here. Just want to reiterate the moves that we're talking about here are pretty incremental. We're talking, but that these margins matter. So a four, you know, a four pitcher difference moving from thirty one to thirty five that that could be enough of a difference to matter here. So we are talking on the margins. I'm not moving, you know, Luis Castillo. I had him 10 uh, at, at my latest ranking. I'm not moving him down to 20 personally um, because there are some, the, the, it is some pain here for these NL pitchers having to face universal DH. It doesn't mean I'm running from them entirely though. And if the market does overreact, then you and I would circle back around and jump in. That's, that's the thing. You, you got to look how these, uh, how the market reacts to these. Sometimes they take an overreaction and you don't even have to move them down at all. You just jump, you, you just stay right in and, uh, and buy at a discount, you know? So, all right, let's talk, uh, let's talk Brandon Woodruff. Now, let me see. I got my pitcher strikeout list here. 
Woodruff doesn't even show up on it. I wonder. Not enough innings, probably. That's probably it. Um, anyway, talk to us a little bit about Woodruff. I'm going to pull up individually what he did against pitchers last year. I still really like him. Um, and I think even more so than like a paddock, I think becoming part of the super central curbs any concern I have personally for like a Brandon Woodruff joining the uh, or, or losing the pitcher. So what do we think about Brandon Woodruff next year? Yeah, I think one, the fact that uh, he's not or he gets to go against the Tigers and the Royals, you know, uh, a, a few times. You have to keep saying the Tigers. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> well, we talk when we talk about the bottom feeders of the West. We'll definitely make sure to give my right. Giants some love. So, uh, but uh, I, I think that really helps him uh, in terms of kind of offsetting the strikeout uh, downside from going against the DH. I also think that this the the Brewers are one of these teams that are more creative with their bullpen. And now Craig Council doesn't have to pull guys out early, uh, and, and you know, and and bring in relievers for two or three innings, things like that. I think this is especially in a shortened season where they're much more a you know much more able to push guys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because they're not going to have the, the huge amount of innings this year. Obviously, in in a half season, I think Brandon Woodruff is actually one of those guys again that doesn't lose a ton of value. Um, and really, I think the guys around him are going to drop, you know, Trevor Bauer is, you know, going like one pick ahead of him. Like Trevor Bauer is going to drop a fair amount. Uh, but Brandon Woodruff, I think he kind of holds value. And so I think we're going to see him, you know, he could bump, you know, end up bumping into my top 20 starting pitchers, uh, in spite of the fact that, uh, he's a National League guy now having to go against the DH. See, I agree with that with regards to Woodruff, and I think there's a case that now, so I've got the numbers. He did have 14 strikeouts against pitchers last year in uh, just under a 50% strikeout rate. He had had 30 30 plate appearances against starters, but he had a 28% strikeout rate against non-pitchers. If he just does that, I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. I don't need need it to, uh, to go crazy there. And I already kind of felt that he was going to jump up a little bit this year as far as a workhorse. I think the oblique injury is the only thing that really cut him down. I think in the in the in the perfect scenario for the Brewers, they still view him as their workhorse. They like to get creative with starters and not leverage them too much when when they know they don't have a bunch of gas in the tank. I think they view Woodruff as their guy with the gas in the tank to regularly go six, seven, sometimes eight innings when he's really dealing. So I think he could actually um, counterbalance, again, counterbalance things by both being in the mega central and getting more of a uh, more of an endurance rope in season there. Now, I don't know how much the shortened season changes that. Like, are they going to be timid with – is league-wide going to be timid with guys off rip because of all the uh, the fast startup and all that? But in a perfect world, I still think Woodruff is somebody who can be more of a workhorse, even if he just is the 28% strikeout rate. I'm fine with that. So I'm not even worried about him too much here losing the pitcher personally, Brandon Woodruff, for the for the Brewers. I'm not either. I, I still think uh, he his strikeout rate is going to be, uh, you know, 26, 27%. Uh, and I, I do like a couple points off the 29 last year. And it's not like he's going to get zero strikeouts against DHs too, mm-hmm. right? That's not, that's the thing too. It's not going from 50% against that pitching uh, against that batting slot to zero. Mm-hmm. It's going from like 50 to 25 or, or even 30. Cause they're not all going to be great DHs either. No. Right. So, some of the DHs are going to be clowns. Well, and they're some be able to take advantage of, and some of these DHs, you know, it's not like teams were able to prepare for this. They didn't go out and get another bat for the lineup. Bingo. So, like, some of these guys are, you know, typically going to be, uh, or, I mean, or someone's going to, you know, instead of slotting in, you know, Jesse Winker at DH, like, he's going to be the, you know, the everyday left fielder or something like that. Like, they're, like no one's adding a middle-of-the-order bat to their lineup because they would have figured a way to get him in the lineup already. Anyway, yep. Exactly, exactly. So keep that in mind as as we're kind of going through these things, too. And again, I want to reiterate, small moves here, small moves. 
Um, now Soroka kind of gets the double whammy, right? Because I think Soroka able- and Kyle Hendricks, we can just group together, right? Yeah, here. let's so put think- them together. So, well, Soroka gets an even bigger whammy because he's going to lose the 24 strikeouts that he had against pitchers. Already didn't have a great strikeout rate, and he's in the beast. the beast. Yeah, I, he like he was a guy that I really liked, uh, you know, and was willing to pay the price for, even though it wasn't like necessarily a great price. But I, I think he probably drops more than uh, uh, more than any other pitcher, other than the one guy we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, the guy uh, at the very end, or the second mm-hmm. end. Like, right now, he is the 34th pitcher on NFBC. Now, obviously, that includes, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of the relief pitchers, because NFBC doesn't distinguish it in in their ADP. That being said, uh, like, I would probably drop him, like like, down into, like, the 60th, so that's probably, like you know, low 40s in terms you're put, of... You're putting uh, Soroka down there? Yeah. I think you have I, to. Like, I mean... Oh, no, I'm 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 just confirming. I mean, like, who would you rather have with Universal DH? Would you rather have him or Matt Boyd? Soroka or Boyd? I would go Boyd. Would you rather have Soroka or Kenta Maeda? Maeda... Uh, would you rather have Soroka or Carlos Martinez? Probably Seymour. Soroka or Lance McCullers, who's getting a shortened season? I'll take Soroka, but that's... Like, that's the point. And now we're talking about an ADP of 173. No, that's eye-opening there to be like, hey, that was... You know, I, I didn't... I even stuttered a little bit like, hmm, you know, maybe because I, I do like McCullers, but he's always so risky with the health and everything. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's a know. drop of 60 picks, 60 plus picks. Like that's that is a huge drop for a guy like Mike Soroka, who, like I said, I love have shares of. Yeah. But there's there's like too. absolutely no way like that's that's that is a bigger drop than his max pick over since April 1st, which is 146. Like I'm saying that I wouldn't take him inside or like inside of his max pick at this point. I think I agree. Again, I think it's a a, a double hit. Shar agrees too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a double hit with the mega division and losing those those strikeouts because mm-hmm. he was already Soroka was already strikeout challenged. There is a case, you know, he's, he could have had some because he has the arsenal. But to do that, I think he has to go for them, and I don't think he's going to. Mm-hmm. Three, he's he, he's three and out, man. Uh, he's all about getting out of uh, getting out of an at bat in three pitches or fewer with a ground ball, with a lazy fly ball, whatever the case may be. Strikeouts are incidental to somebody like Soroka. Now he's only twenty two. I still really like him long term, mm-hmm. but I do think you have to give him a little bit of a hit in your rankings, or not even a little bit. Probably the bigger, the biggest of the hits that we've talked about so far. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, he's, you know, and, and Kyle Hendricks was a guy that I was really liking the price on. He looked yep. really good in spring training. Um, but he he's another one of these guys where it's like he doesn't get a ton of strikeouts either. Uh, and so now you're going to take away those strikeouts, uh, you know, going up, get, going up against the DH in the National League. And that's that's a bummer. I, I agree. Um looking right now <laughs> leave it to Hendricks though to only still have a 24% strikeout rate against pitchers last year oh well that's really good news though so yeah. may- maybe he doesn't drop maybe he stays yeah maybe he stays in that uh Carlos Carrasco Robbie Ray Matt Boyd era uh, area and in really should have been higher than that anyways it's funny because I had him I had Hendricks and Soroka paired mm-hmm. at 31 32 I think Soroka drops down. Hendricks might drop below my boy Odorizzi in an AL versus NL battle, but I'm not sure I'm going to tank him there. That That's really eye-opening that he only had 24% strikeout rate against pitchers. So losing those, that's kind of where he was at already, mm-hmm. 23%, 24%. So. Not to mention he's in that 
you know, that mega central division. Which will get the AL teams mm-hmm. and and um and maybe maybe he almost add, he can almost add strikeouts. I'm actually gonna go the other way on Hendricks. Yeah, I think Hendricks I think talking through it. Yeah, we might actually bump Hendricks up. Uh yeah, no, I th- I think that that is uh a really interesting. I'm glad I put him on the list. I, I really put him on the list just to kind of pair with Soroka. But I think, yeah, I think they go in opposite directions. Soroka's going to drop quite a bit uh, for me. And I think Hendricks is going to is gonna uh, either... Well, he's probably going to come up a little bit. Yeah, um, but I, I, had I, him, I had him ranked higher than I think most people. couple spot jump there. By the way, just for the record, Soroka had a 53% strikeout rate against pitchers uh, with 24 strikeouts in 45 plate appearances last year. So, um, you know, he was definitely leveraging that and he didn't have that great of a strikeout rate to begin with. Now, perhaps the biggest dropper. Um, I, I'd heard this stat floating around. I forget exactly where. Rob Silver. Uh, okay. About how how much of his strikeout rate was yeah. based on. So Madison Bumgarner had a 61% strikeout rate against pitchers. He had the most in the league with 36. And... Um, that's that's gonna hurt. I mean, he already had, you know, he was already down to a twenty-four percent mark. Now, at least last year, volume helped curb that a bit. He was kind of doing the Adam Wainwright thing, where it's like, yeah, he uh, he only had a twenty-four percent strikeout rate, but it was still two hundred strikeouts because he pitched two hundred seven innings, so he got two hundred three strikeouts. So you don't care at that point unless you're in something that judges by rate. But now in a half season, playing field kind of balanced. I don't know that he's going to be able to leverage volume as much for Bumgarner. I'm just not sure there's going to be enough season that his extra 12 innings is going to matter that much. And he's losing the 61% strikeout rate against pitchers. That's tough. That's that's really tough. So what are you doing with Bumgarner? Plus, he's in a new spot with uh, with Arizona where we don't really know anything about how that's going to go. Yeah, I, Bumgarner was already a guy I was avoiding. Um, he's a full avoid for you now, though. Now, yeah, now he's like he's gonna drop so far that uh, I I can't imagine he would end up on one of my teams. Like he, he's currently going about one thirty two in terms of ADP since uh, uh, April first, and his max pick is one sixty. I think he drops at least for me below that one sixty mark. Because, uh, mm-hmm. again, we're talking in that same area of, you know, Matt Boyd and Kent Maeda and Carlos Martinez and Lance McCullers and Mike Miner, um, Odorizzi, uh, Herman Marquez. He's probably dropped below teammate Luke Weaver. Okay. Below yeah, Andrew think, Heaney. Think... For you, for sure. Yeah, for, uh, for me, for sure. <laughs> um like, here's a good question for you, because I hate this guy, but this is your Andrew Heaney this year. Uh, like, would you rather have Madison Bumgarner or Dylan Bundy? God, that's so much who now gets, than... Yeah, who now gets to pitch against teams like my Giants. And, and you know, and we don't know how scary the Padres are yet. Like, we, mm-hmm. we, they're an upstart team, but, you know, they were last year, I don't year think too, they're they super... I don't think they're super scary yet. Yeah, so dang, that's that's really close. That's a lot closer than I thought it would be, because even as a Bundy guy, I still had those two pretty far. But Bumgarner has to come down. He just has to. And um, I had Bundy at sixty, Bumgarner at forty-one, and that's before any movement there. I, I oh, probably still going to lean Bumgarner, but it's it's like a coin flip right now. Yeah, I, Which I... I didn't think it would be. I mean, I obviously do not like Bundy, so I'm still going to take Bumgarner. Sure. But, like, I can still go even lower. Like, uh, the next guy we're going to talk about is Joe Musgrove. Give me, you know, and his teammate Mitch Keller. Uh, give me both of those guys over Bumgarner. Yep. And I already had Musgrove above him. But then you know, Keller... Even, not you know, sure. Adrian Hauser. Like, he's another guy, like... Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll take the upside on Hauser. Big Hauser fan. Yeah. Big Hauser fan. I mean, so I can definitely get on board with that. 
this is a hit for Bumgarner. I mean, you know, and, you know, we're taking just last year's numbers, but we can go back and, and probably do more. The thing of it is with somebody like Bumgarner, um, mentioned it with Soroka, their strikeout rates already were kind of a challenge for where they were going. But they're like, okay, hey, they give you the ratios, they give you the volume, they do other things, but now you're mitigating some of that with the ratios we don't know. Like, ratios are tough to bet on because in a small sample. How, how often do we talk about I mean, think about where we'd be right now if the season had gone as is. We'd be in late May. We'd be talking about some guys whose ERAs are still ugly, and I'd be game-logging you left and right. Like, well, don't forget he had seven earned in April that he's still working off, and things like that. So... It takes time to work off a couple bad starts. There's not going to be that time this year. So guys that you counted on as ratio guys to set themselves over the course of 180 innings, they just might not have it. So you have to be more careful about saying, this guy's my ratio guy. And do you think that that makes guys um, like uh, relief ratio guys more interesting? I think it could, especially early on in the season. Um, you know, the obviously hard, they could get blown up too. Yeah, like that, that's the same pitfalls. That's but. exactly the hard part is, like, if you get blown up for four in it or four runs in an inning, that's with that, you the rest of the year as a reliever. Yeah, there's no there's there's no coming back from that. Um, and so yeah, it's it's gonna be like I, I think there's gonna be some people that, especially who knows what sites are gonna do in terms of what your minimum inning requirement is going to be. But I think, you know, there are going to be sites that just throw or in leagues that just throw out the minimum. And so I think some people are going to like try to, I'm just going to load up on a bunch of middle relievers. Yep. And all it's going to take is one or two really bad outings. And that team is done. Like you yeah. just, and, and there won't be the, you know, depth on the waiver wire to be like, Oh, well I can just pick up a starter to counteract. You're not going to counteract that. It's and just, there won't be the time. Yeah. The, That's the exactly time right. Is so important here that there just won't be the time. Poor, poor Jesse Spano. There's never any time. <laughs> deep cut. Well, not that deep of a cut. Say by the bell reference for you. If you got it, you're a good person. If you didn't, you're a bad person, okay? No, I'm just kidding. Um, we mentioned Musgrove. I think that's it as far as these pitchers here. Just kind of looking at a group of. And, and there's more we could go into. We tried to cover a lot of the different types you know the high strikeout guy or, or the medium strikeout guy who's going to lose those strikeouts um the 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 superstar ace going for who had an advantage because he was nl now he's going to be mitigated by that and there's different player types throughout anybody else that we didn't list that you could think of that you wanted to uh make sure we got a call out to with regards to potentially being hurt or maybe helped. Let's just talk the, though. Uh, let's talk real quick just about Musgrove because, and I, I mean, we can okay. kind of pair in Mitch Keller because he's another guy. They're both going in the round the same spot. Uh, I think just about outside the top two hundred picks, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so two sixteen for Musgrove, uh, two thirty one for Mitch Keller. Like they get, uh, well, they're going to obviously lose those uh, those plate appearances versus uh, pitchers. Like they're still pitching in Pittsburgh, which is great. Like they're they're not yes. having to pitch in the neutral locations. Uh, they're gonna get to still pitch at PNC Park. Uh, they're also uh, getting to go up against that AL Central, and so like I think that they're gonna get downgraded just like every National League pitcher. But I don't necessarily know that they should. Um, I, I agree with that. I'm not I'm not moving Musgrove down. So I, I'm still gonna grab shares of Musgrove. And Mitch Keller uh, in drafts, uh, you know, that I still have coming up. I'm, I'm 100% with you on that, um, I, on both, but especially on my boy Musgrove. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not I'm not peeling away from him because I don't think I necessarily uh, need to. And if he, if he is part of that, like you said, just kind of universal dip on NL pitchers, good. Yeah, bump him down, bump him down around. Whatever you want, let me get a little bit of a discount there. I will gladly take it um, because I do think that he's not going to be as hurt by. Plus, I've actually been waiting. Now I've been waiting. It hasn't happened yet, but I've been thinking that um, that he could add strikeouts. That Musgrove mm-hmm. could add add strikeouts because he has the arsenal 
that could really dial up. And he still hasn't really put it all together. But we're kind of watching Musgrove on the fly or not on the job learn. And I think this year could be it could be a jump. So especially now that race years is gone and they're at yes. it, you know, it's a new new regime, new regime in there that um, let them pitch a little bit differently, which which would be good for for all the Pirates pitchers. So uh, I think you know the Pirates pitchers are you know, they don't have to face the Pirates offense, or <laughs> <laughs> they don't get to, or they don't get to face the Pirates offense, which is a bummer. But now they get to face uh, you know the Tigers and the Royals. Um, you know that White Sox team that could be scary offensively. Uh, for sure, if, for sure. if it all and, comes and together, the twins, the twins are tough. But mm-hmm. um, you know he was in he was in the NL NL Central last year mm-hmm. and and held his own. You know he was not he was not bad. He just didn't quite have the breakout that I've been that I've been projecting upon Musgrove. But he held his own with a 4.44 ERA and 122 WHIP in the NL Central as is. Now you add in the AL with it. I'm I'm okay with that, I, and I think uh, I think Musgrove, somebody that I'm holding firm on. I'd love to see the market around him fall a bit, because then that would be that would signal to me it's time to jump in and get even more shares personally. Agreed. All right. Well, that covers our group there of uh, of pitchers and how the how the how the universal DH might affect them. They're not all hurt, right? The the um, maybe we should change that. It says NL pitchers hurt by the universe. We'll put affected because some are affected positively, as we learned with our investigation of Kyle Hendricks. He's likely to drop in price, and yet perhaps he shouldn't. So um, that'll be really interesting. Anything else that you want to talk about right now? No, I don't think so. I'm looking forward to PitchCon this weekend. It'll be great. Uh, Pitcher list on Twitter. Follow mm -hmm. follow Nick. Learn about that. It's going to be four days of just amazingness what what do you what are you getting into for pitchcon i've got a panel on in-season management um uh, on sunday i think okay 2 p.m pacific so 5 p.m eastern pretty much right as everybody else has just been completely burnt out by all this content that they're going to be dropping they're they just kind of slide me in to you know kind of close it up so uh yeah reinvigorate us for one last panel yeah sure uh, mm -hmm, yeah yeah Uh, it should be a fun group though i think like it's uh rudy gamble and um other people I honestly can't remember. I was. Other it was like friends. he was like, "Do you want to do a presentation or, or do a panel?" I was like, "You know, do do I want to talk like do a presentation on uh, Justin Mason Rotorwear shirts or or just have them ask Ooh. me questions and uh, I'll just answer them." So I, I went with the easier of the two. The presentation on your shirts could have been interesting. Though. Yeah, missed opportunity. Fa- fa- fantasy sports analysis uh, marketing one hundred and one. <laughs> How to go viral yeah. in the viral age, <laughs> but so. no, it's it's gonna be great. Check it out, y'all. If you you know you've been looking for things to do during quarantine times, this is going to uh, give you a whole weekend uh, of of baseball related content. I frankly cannot wait. I think it's gonna be an absolute blast. I'm so happy to be included. I'm gonna be on a panel Thursday. And then I believe Saturday night I'm playing Nick in MLB The Show. Mm. It's going to be really rough for him, dude. It's going to be yeah, be really tough. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I I was hoping to get a PlayStation. It still has not happened because um, it would have been a much more fair matchup for uh, to have me and Nick like be like toddlers trying to play MLB The Show sure. against each other. But uh, uh, the wife still has not relented on that one. Instead, we're bringing him into the lines then. <laughs> and you know, what's not the, gonna take it easy. What's the spread? Like, I mean, that's what I mean. Is it like a seven-run spread that we're gonna give you? Uh, it should probably be higher. I beat, I beat Blake fourteen to one mm. before he got good. Now he here's the thing: we haven't rematched, and and Blake's good now. Mm. So he has to keep wearing that I that I murked him. And I'm like, dude, if we just jump on for the rematch, you're actually good now. There's a darn good chance you'll beat me. But I, you know, I, I got him when he was just kind of starting and he was trying to pitch like real baseball. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> um, I mean, you can on some aspects, but certain pitches, they just they don't play like real baseball. Um, 
so yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, I you know, I don't want to go too far with it because I'm gonna set myself up for a loss if I start puffing my chest too much. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna set the line at fifth or fourteen and a half. Set it at ten, double digits. Mm, I, don't I don't know how much Nick's been playing though, either. That's that's another. All right, twelve and a half. Question. Twelve and a half is the line. Okay, twelve and a half. I'm a twelve and a half run favorite with a with a sixteen and a half over under. So that's that 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 is the official line. Uh, I'll start taking bets in my DMs. <laughs> there you go. So PitchCon, y'all, all weekend. It's going to be great. It's on Twitch. Twitter, I think, via Periscope, mm-hmm. like it's on all the all the platforms there. Um, he's using the thing that you use called what's it called Streamyard. Yeah, which is great. Blast it out yep. to the multiple spots. So yeah, that that's very useful. So basically, just follow Pitcher List and us. You know, we're, we're, if you follow people in the baseball community, if you follow us, you're going to be getting information about. It. But if you don't follow Nick, you should already be on that anyway. But uh, all right, um, TBD on a Thursday episode. I'm still trying to figure some things out of folks didn't see on twitter my father passed last week um might be going back to my mom down south uh, later this week so if we don't have a pot on thursday you know that that's why but uh, we'll be back in the uh, in the normal routine soon all right take it easy all right take care